Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Week 17 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The road to 272 bets is in its final stretch. 240 games down, 32 games Left to bet, uh, left to bet on, and we had another profitable week. Eight and eight plus point eight one units. Now, usually an eight and eight week uh, would be a losing week, uh, but thankfully, gambler or bless, I finally hit a decent upset pick. New England Patriots upset the Denver Broncos on Sunday night. So, with uh, an eight and eight record, usually being a losing one, instead uh, we were up just under a unit plus point eight one. Units, which brings our season-to-date record through the first 240 bets of the season to 127 wins, 110 losses, three pushes for plus 10.95 units. Uh, So winning week, technically not a huge winning week, but at this point uh, of the season, and being that I'm already up double digits, I just got to keep my head afloat here. Uh, So I am fine with not having a huge winning week. I'll take eight and eight. Uh, w- with a small profit. Our best bets went 3-2, and two, so if you just follow the best bets, you had a winning week as well. Uh, won Dolphins, Patriots, and Ravens. Uh, lost Bills and Packers. Teaser of the week. We got back to our winning ways this week. I think a couple back-to-back losses uh, in the teasers the past few weeks. Falcons plus 8.5 and, and Commanders plus 9 for a 6-point teaser. That one won for us. Uh, if you listen to last week's episode, you know uh, I was dealing with what I thought was just a head cold. I had some sniffles. I had to take some pauses uh, for a, a couple sips of tea and a couple lozenges. Uh, turns out that was COVID. <laughs> I found out a couple days later. So rough week for me, uh, but I am on the other side of it. Christmas yesterday. Today's the 26th. Tomorrow is my birthday. Uh, so this will be the last episode of the podcast that I'll be recording at the age of 30 years old. Uh, next time you hear my voice and see me, I'll be 31. Um, doesn't really matter to me. I feel like 31 is the same as 30. Uh, turning 30 bothered me. I think turning 32 is going to bother me. 31 is basically the same as 30. It means nothing. Uh, so once again, 16 games this week. I think we're done with Monday Night Football. Uh, so 16 games, 16 bets. To, uh, we do still have Thursday Night Football this week. Uh, my Falcons are basically eliminated from the playoffs. We desperately needed the Jaguars to beat the Buccaneers yesterday. Did not happen, or I guess I should say Sunday. Um, so I, I, I spent my Christmas morning finding out um, how the Falcons can make the playoffs. And basically, they got to go 2-0 and and hope either the uh, Rams or Seahawks go 0-2. The Buccaneers go 0-2. They can win the division that way. Uh, or if the Rams or Seahawks... One of those two teams go 0-2, then we also need the Vikings to go 1-1. Or the Rams and Seahawks to go 0-2. We need a, a handful of teams to lose their last two games, and the Falcons need to win their last two games. We're done. Season's over. My biggest bet uh, that I placed all season, uh, five units was on the Falcons to make the playoffs. It's dead. Um, but hopefully, I mean, so far, as long as I stay up, uh, up 10 units, uh, I will have won it back through a season of betting on every single game. Uh, before I get into my bets for this week, I want to talk Brock Purdy because he is the most polarizing figure in the NFL this season. You have some people who are saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL. You have some people who uh, 
like to say that he's a system quarterback and that any any quarterback uh, in the Kyle Shanahan offense could be just as good. We saw this come out last night because Brock Purdy finally had uh, the worst game of the season playing against the best team in the NFL. Uh, and then you had people all over Twitter saying, uh, see, he is a bum. See, anybody could be this good of a quarterback under Kyle Shanahan. Sam Darnold even made a couple throws. Then people were saying this team would be the exact same with Sam Darnold than what they are with Brock Purdy. And I am here to argue that because that, in my opinion, is one of the most moronic takes that you can have in the NFL this season. Let's let's bring out my favorite website to show. I've shown this exact page multiple times. It is rbsdm.com. Uh, if you're listening to this and can't visually see what I'm looking at, and if you, uh, if you aren't, go ahead and subscribe to the Bacon Bets Podcast YouTube page so you can see this. Uh, we're looking at a, a graph here where the y-axis is EPA per play, the x-axis is completion percentage above expected, aka CPOE. And if you're looking at it, and if you look at the top right-hand corner of this graph, you'll see Brock Purdy all by himself in a league of his own. Now, I don't care how good of a system Kyle Shanahan has, no quarterback would be that good on this graph up in the top right-hand corner completely by himself um, just because they have Kyle Shanahan as their head coach just because they're playing in his offense that would not happen that cannot happen i mean there's a reason why nick mullins is now in minnesota there's a reason why jimmy garoppolo is now in <laughs> las vegas now let's scroll down a little bit uh and let's look at some other stats so this is epa plus cpoe composite uh he's leading in that adjusted epa per play he's leading in that by a wide margin EPA per play, he's leading that by a wide margin. Success rate, he's leading in that by a wide margin. Almost uh, a 4% difference uh, between him and the next best quarterback in success rate. This is not based on a system. Now, is Kyle Shanahan's system good? Yes. Is it the best offensive system in the NFL? Sure, I might even argue that as well. But if there is a system out there that, that uh, exists in the NFL that can turn an average quarterback into an MVP candidate, uh, then that is the greatest system by head coach created uh, in the history of sports. Now, what bothers me even more is the people who like to repeat that thing. Now, if it was someone who who broke down the All-22 every single week, and every single week they sat down and watched film, and they watched every single play of the 49ers back-to-back-to-back-to-back, and they, and they came out and they said, hey, yeah, you know what? This system is the greatest system of all time, and it is making an average quarterback into an MVP candidate. But these people are not doing that. These people might watch the 49ers on red zone. They might occasionally watch the 49ers uh, on prime time. For you to say that Brock Purdy is nothing but a system quarterback, you better have some, uh, you better have some data or uh, some film that you can break down to back that up. Every single metric you want to look at, Brock Purdy has been the best quarterback in the NFL this season. Every single one. Yes, he did have a bad game. Uh, do quarterbacks not have bad games sometimes? I recall a couple four-interception games by Peyton Manning back in his day. So let's all let's relax on this take that Brock Purdy is an, is an average quarterback. He is clearly not. Now, if you want to say he's not an MVP candidate, if you want to say the MVP should go to someone else, I'll listen to that conversation. I don't even hate the take that Christian McCaffrey is actually the MVP. I don't completely hate that take. Sure, if you want to give it to Lamar Jackson, you can go ahead there too. I wouldn't argue that too much. The point I'm trying to make, though, is, or the point I'm trying to argue against are the people who say any quarterback could succeed to this level in the 49er system. That is an insane take. That's a moronic take. That's an idiotic take. Especially Sam Darnold. Let's not pretend, let, let, let's not forget that Sam Darnold's on his third team in, in his sixth season in the NFL, like a former number two overall pick. I was arguing with a guy on Twitter last night that Sam Darnold's just as good on this team. 
Sam Darnold's on his third team in six years. Why isn't Nick Mullins still the 49ers quarterback? If it's all Kyle Shanahan's system. Why is Jimmy Garoppolo in Las Vegas? Why is Trey Lance now disappeared from the face of the earth? Brock Purdy deserves the credit uh, that some people are giving him, does not deserve this argument against him. He is an elite quarterback in the NFL. And once again, let me go through these first, 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 first. I mean, what other argument do you have? Other than just regurgitating some takes that you hear on Twitter. You're not watching the All-22. You don't even really know what it means for a quarterback to be a system quarterback. Stop it. It's a stupid take. Brock Purdy deserves his flowers, as they say. And I think he's an elite quarterback in the NFL. Well, that being said, I did win Ravens plus five and a half last night. But also my MVP ticket's dead. 14 to one MVP ticket. Uh, was looking great. I think he's like 10 to one to an MVP now. Um, it's, it's, it, I mean, you can bounce back from that kind of a performance in the middle of the season. If you're trying to be an MVP, you unfortunately can't bounce back from that performance in week 16. You just can't. Uh, so there you go. Especially in prime time, prime time, week 16. That's, that's an MVP killer. All right. I've done my rant. It's time to get into picks. Um, 16 games, 16 picks, the road to 272 bets marches on let's go no lisa the only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother i call him gamblor and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws more bacon than the pan can handle more bacon than the pan can handle more bacon than the pan can handle more bacon than the pan can handle. Utility man. All right, let's get into it. I will warn you before I get into the picks this week. A lot of total bets, which is not good because I've gone cold in totals. I think I've lost like five straight total bets. Uh, but it's uh, this might be, in my opinion, the hardest uh, slate of games uh, to handicap. Also, I handicap all these games and wrote all of my notes uh, on Christmas in the middle of a chocolate and alcohol uh, haze. Um, so as I'm reading through these notes, as I'm telling you my picks, I don't know if I'll still agree with them, uh, now that it is uh, Tuesday morning. Also, because I made my picks yesterday and then recorded today, we have some uh, line movement in some games already. So I'll address those games, uh, when we get to it. But this first game has not had line movement. It is the Jets and the Browns. And of course I got to go under 36 and a half. I think it's the only bet you can place for this game. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, yeah, Browns are six and a half, seven point favorites in this game. Listen, these are two of the top three defenses in the NFL. Probably the only defense that has an argument to, to also be in the top three be the Ravens. Uh, top three defense to be Jets, Browns, Ravens. But then you have the Browns, who even though their offense isn't great, their offense is certainly better than the Jets. Are they six and a half point favorites better than the Jets? Uh, I don't know. Um, so I'm just going to make the obvious bet. I'm going to go with the under here. Uh, I think there are still some 36 and a halfs on the board. There are, it's down to 35 and a half at some places too, though. I think FanDuel has 35 and a half. I bet it at, uh, bet MGM, which has 36 and a half still. So you might want to shop around for this total. 
Um, but I don't really have too much else to say other than this is a game between two of the three best defenses uh, in the NFL. Uh, Jets and Browns defense ranks inside the top three in both uh, opponent yards per play, opponent EPA per play, and opponent success rate. So basically whatever metric you want to look at, they are both a top three defense. Browns struggle a little bit actually in the red zone and on third down. Uh, if I can verify that, I don't have that in my notes, but just based on uh, what I've seen looking at these stats in the past, I believe that uh, is true. Uh, yeah, Browns opponent red zone defense. Uh, actually terrible. 30th and opponent red zone scoring touchdown percentage, which is surprising for that good of a defense to then collapse in the red zone. Uh, but they are the best third down defense. So it was just red zone defense that they struggle in. If I had to pick a side, I think I would actually kind of take the points of the Jets. Um, but the unders, the, it's 36 and a half. It's an extremely low total. I still can't imagine betting on anything else than the under on Thursday night. This game's not going to be fun to watch. It's going to suck unless you love defense. Um, what day is Thursday? Thursday's at the 28th. Do something else on Thursday. Uh, all right, moving on. We got a Saturday night game between the Lions and the Cowboys. Uh, another total bet. I got three total bets in a row to start off the show here today. I'm going to go over... 52 and a half. This is kind of like the exact opposite of the Browns and Jets game on Thursday, where it's two very good offenses and two bad defenses. Now, I know you're probably saying, Ian, the Cowboys defense is good. They actually haven't been. They were an elite defense at the start of the season. They have collapsed. They have not been good whatsoever uh, down the stretch. Uh, they are 23rd in opponent success rate. Uh they rank around below average in a lot of other stats, uh, but if you look at their numbers over the past few weeks, they're like a bottom five defense in a lot of different areas. Uh, they, uh, they've given up 5.8 yards per play over uh, their last three games. This Cowboys defense is not one that I can trust at this moment in time, so because of that, I don't want to lay six points on the Cowboys. But also the Lions defense, uh, which looked much improved at the start of the year, has also collapsed and has started to look a lot more like the Lions defense from last year. Um, they even let... The Vikings gained like 7.2 yards per play. The Vikings actually outplayed the Lions this past week, um, but four interceptions killed them. Um, if they didn't turn the ball over, even they even just turned the ball over twice, I think Vikings would have won that game. Um, so I, we got two good offenses, two, you know, uh, at best below average, at worst, terrible defenses. Um, it, it is a high total. It is, well, this is one of the ones that moved. Um, I got it at 52.5. This has actually worked in my favorites, moved up to 53.5. I still like the over 53.5. Anything under 55, I would still probably take the over. It is a little scary taking an over on this high of a total in a season that we've seen a ton of unders, but uh, this total is high. Uh, for a reason. Uh, I think we're going to see a ton of points here between two of the better offenses and two of the worst defenses. So uh, that's all I have to say about that one. I said three totals to start the show. We got three totals. We got an under this time. It is Raiders Colts under 43 and a half. Let me check to see if this line has moved at all. Uh, it has gone against me. So you're actually getting a better line. So I liked it at under 43 and a half. It's gone up to 44 and a half. So, obviously, I like it even better at that number. This Raiders team is kind of built for unders. Uh, since Antonio Pierce has taken over, their defense, uh, specifically over the past few weeks, has been fantastic. Uh, they're actually fifth in the NFL in opponent EPA per play since week 12. So, since Thanksgiving, this has been a top five defense in terms of EPA, which is fascinating. Uh, Antonio Pierce should get the head coaching job. I hope Mark Davis doesn't make the same mistake he made before uh, when... Rich Pasachi, what was his name? 
Uh, he's, he's now in uh, Green Bay. He was their special teams coach at the time. Uh, I might have been way off on that. Uh, Packers coach Rick Bisaccia. Rick Rich Bisaccia. Uh, you, you guys know the guy I'm talking about. Uh, he should have got the – he led the Raiders all the way to the playoffs. He should have got the head coaching job and said they went with Josh McDaniels, which was an absolute disaster. Now they're in the same situation. The interim head coach, Antonio Pierce – has turned the Raiders into an actually good team. They're still actually alive in the playoffs. I think they have a very, I think they have like the same chance as the Falcons, which is like 10%. Uh, and they can actually still win. The, if they win out and the Chiefs lose out, um, they'll actually win the AFC East, which is wild. Yeah, according to NFL.com, they have an 11% chance to make the playoffs. So they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Falcons have a 10% chance. Uh, let me see the uh, Chiefs remaining schedule here. Bengals, Chargers. I mean, Probably not going to lose both those games. That would be wild if the Raiders ended up winning the AFC West, though. My point is, keep this guy. Antonio Pierce looks like a fantastic head coach. He has turned this defense into a top five defense since Thanksgiving. Uh, and the Colts offense has slowed down lately. Only 4.7 yards per snap over their last 10 games. They didn't look good against the Falcons last week. Um, that 4.7 yards per snap over their last... Uh, I think it's three games in my notes. I have 10 games. I'll have to go back and verify that. Uh, that's the seventh worst mark in the NFL over that stretch. Once again, I had a couple Baileys yesterday uh, and a couple beers before writing these notes. Um, yeah. Two offenses, who I think, play a little bit of a slower style of play. I know the, uh, the Colts are actually uh, tied for the best over record in the NFL this season. They're 10-5 and five to the over. But because of that, I actually think this total is overvalued by a point or two. So uh, I'll take the under. I think the Raiders defense can keep the Colts uh, offense in check under 43 and a half. If you're listening to this now, you're probably going to get a better number as of recording this on Tuesday. It is 12:03 PM. There's 44s out there across the board. So uh, I'll stick with what I bet. Obviously under 43 and a half Raiders Colts. Uh, my Falcons first spread bet of the week. I told you guys I was going down with the ship. It worked out for me this past week when I took them uh, plus two against the Colts, the line ended up closing like minus three. Uh, the greatest CLV bet of the entire season. It ended up not mattering because they won by a million. I will back my Falcons once again. Uh, Taylor Heineke, um, I guess, looked better than Desmond Ritter. He didn't turn the ball over, which was nice. Uh, completed 23-33 passes, 229 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but you don't need to be the best quarterback in the NFL for the Falcons to win. It's what I was saying at the start of the season. It's what I was saying throughout because their defense uh remains elite and that's uh the reason why i'm going to take them with the three points i'm not bold enough to take them to win right against the bears but with them uh getting a field goal worth of points here i will back them in this spot because 43.77 percent of the bears offensive yards come the, uh this season come from running the football that is the second highest mark in the nfl so when do you want to bet against the bears you want to bet against the bears when they take on an elite run defense and that is exactly what the Falcons have. Uh, Falcons lead the NFL in opponent EPA per rush. Um, they're also ninth in opponent rush success rate and ninth in opponent yards per carry. They allow only 3.9 yards per rush. So if their run defense uh, remains elite and ke can keep up this level of play uh, in week 17, they should be able to slow down the Bears offense and then hopefully do enough um, offensively for themselves uh, to at least cover this three-point spread. I would like it if they win. That would keep their playoff hopes alive even though they're pretty slim as it is. Um, but I will take uh, the three points with Atlanta in Chicago. I will go down with a ship the rest of the season. I'm too committed not to. 
Uh, all right, so another NFC South team here. Um, I hate betting on this team because they're a painful team to watch, but I will take the Panthers getting a touchdown in Jacksonville. Jaguars are the most fraudulent team in the NFL. I think they've been number one on my fraud rankings the past few weeks. Um, and we might just need to start talking about they just might be a bad team. And also we need to talk about Trevor Lawrence and whether or not he's even a good quarterback because Trevor Lawrence has not looked good all season. This is the guy who was supposed to be like the next coming of Peyton Manning uh, has not lived up to it. He's shown flashes at times. And it's weird because he's actually, he's not a bad, he's kind of a weird enigma of a quarterback because his ceiling is high. We've seen flashes more than once of Trevor Lawrence playing as best as he can. And that version of Trevor Lawrence is very, very good. And he actually also has a high floor. Like there's very few games where like he looks terrible, whereas where we're like, who is this guy? He's a bum. So he has a high floor, high ceiling. But the issue is it's like 80% of the games he plays and he plays at his floor, which I don't know what that makes him as a quarterback. I don't remember a quarterback like this where uh, he's a high floor, high ceiling guy. His bad isn't that bad. His best is amazing, but he just plays at his bad way too often. And he doesn't hit that elite that elite level often enough. So he, he's kind of a weird guy. What do you do? Do you move on from him? Because there's certainly a lot worse quarterbacks out there. Um, and you have seen the best of the best. But if in a 17-game season, if he only looks the best of his best like four times, that's not going to be enough. That actually kind of reminds me of Eli Manning, to be honest. Is that a weird comparison to make Trevor Lawrence to Eli Manning? Because Eli Manning was kind of the same as well. He, 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 his floor was never terrible, and his ceiling was very good, but he just never hit his ceiling for like an extended period of time, but then two seasons, he hit a ceiling at the perfect time heading into the playoffs, and then both times they went on to win the Super Bowl. So it's like if the Jaguars just hold on to Trevor Lawrence and hope he gets hot at the right time and he has three or four games in a row where he can play as good as he can play, they can win the Super Bowl. Now this version can't because their defense absolutely stinks, but my point stands. It's he's Trevor Lawrence has become an interesting guy to watch. Uh, but seven points is insane. I'm not going to lay, lay a touchdown on this Jaguars team. Uh, they're not good enough for that. Uh, the Panthers actually uh, ranked 10th in the NFL in opponent yards per play. Their defense has actually stepped up recently. Their offense looked pretty decent against the Packers offense. Uh, but even, I mean, if we look at net yards per play, um, and I haven't refreshed this from Monday's games, to be fair. Um, but with Monday's games out of the equation, uh, the Jaguars 20th in net yards per play, minus 0.3. Carolina's 28th, minus 0.8. Uh, and the Jaguar is terrible at home. Actually, the worst home team in net yards per play, minus 1.2. So I don't think they are worthy of being a touchdown favorite here, even to the worst team in the NFL, the Panthers. I will take a touchdown worth of points with Carolina. Uh, Saints against Buccaneers. Another situation where I'm just going to refuse to change my ways and continue to make stupid bets. I'll take the Saints plus three. Now I'm desperate. For the Falcons to have any hope, we need the Saints to win this game. If the Falcons go 2-0 down the stretch and the Buccaneers lose to the Saints, which is certainly possible, but then also lose to the Panthers, which is less likely, Falcons win the NFC South. <laughs> I've become delusional. But the Saints, 
And I, th I feel like this is the same version of the Saints from last year where, like, you look at them on paper and they look good and you look at their metrics and their metrics are not great but, like, above average, but then they just look like shit uh, on the field. They, they, they're they the worst eye test team of all time, but my handicapping process, and I got to trust the process, hashtag trust the process, is I got to trust the metrics and I need to not let what I see on the field sway me too much. That strategy works when it works. When it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's you got to stick to it. And the metrics tell me the Saints are the better team here. Uh, they're 14th in the NFL in net yards per play. Um, the Buccaneers are 25th in the NFL in net yards per play. Uh, if we look at some other metrics here, specifically uh, their secondary, which is a big reason why I like them in this spot, because 71.77% of the Buccaneers' offensive yards comes through the air. That's the fourth highest rate in the NFL. Um, and the Saints have a very good secondary. They rank inside the, the top eight in both opponent dropback success rate and opponent dropback EPA. And I think it's a sell-high spot. I don't think the Buccaneers are near, nearly as good as uh, they're getting uh, the credit they're receiving uh, the past couple of weeks, even though they just did look good beating up the Jaguars. But still, 25th in net yards per play. Uh, even over their last three games, they've won all three of those games. They have a net yards per play in minus 0.2. Uh, across those three games so I, i'm just not a believer in this buccaneers team i will take a field goal with new orleans on the road uh and then we got another total bet i told you a lot of total bets this week uh which i do not feel good about it uh, let me check to see we we are talking eagles and cardinals let me see where the current line stands uh i got a half a point to clv on this well not I guess it's not closing line yet, but the line has moved in my favor by half a point. I got over 47 and a half. It's at 48. Still like the over in that spot. Uh, but it's Eagles Cardinals over 47 and a half. I tried to bet the over last week uh, when the Cardinals uh, took on the Bears. Um, it looked good and it was on pace to hit at halftime. And then both offenses just completely slowed down in the second half. And we just barely missed it. Uh, but I'm going to go back to this strategy because I do think the Cardinals are an over team. And I think that's Eagles are an over team. These two defenses absolutely stink. I talked about it before. The Eagles defense has gone from an average, a good, uh, an elite unit last year to a good unit at the start of the year to an average unit to now just a straight up bad unit. Uh, these two defenses, the Cardinals and the Eagles, rank 30th and 32nd in opponent EPA per play. So in opponent EPA, they are two of the three worst defenses in the NFL. They're also 22nd and 32nd in opponent success rate, 21st and 29th in opponent yards per play. Um, so yeah, we got a matchup here between two terrible defenses and you can still bet the over on a total, uh, that's in the forties. Uh, Kyler Murray, I don't really know what to think of him right now is the Cardinals offense obviously isn't as high octane as it was with him a couple of years ago. Um, but last week he had to go up, up, up against a pretty solid Bears defense this week. Um, he has a much, much, much easier matchup. Even the Giants, even um, Tyrod Taylor and the Giants offense could move the ball against the Eagles defense. Um, I went against my Eagles take a, a, a week too early, at least. I was the big, biggest uh, Eagles hater in the world. I rightfully called them frauds. I bet against them successfully multiple weeks in a row and I jumped off the ship. Too early. Should have bet against them again. Uh, the Giants somehow covered the spread in that game. Uh, but I'm not going to bet on them or against them this time. I will take the over 47 and a half uh, when they host the Cardinals on New Year's Eve. 
Uh, 49ers, Commanders, I don't have too much to say about this one. Give me the 49ers minus 13 and a half. I know some people are off them because they had a bad game against the Ravens, but now the 49ers offense, which has been the best offense in the NFL uh, outside of um, Monday night, gets to take on the worst defense. Commanders, 30th in opponent yards per play, 31st in opponent EPA. Uh, the, the 49ers, uh, now let me see if I take a look at some updated metrics. Let's see if they still rank first in just about everything here offensively uh first an epa per play uh this website doesn't let me sort by category sometimes and sometimes i just click stuff and nothing happens uh 49ers still first in epa per play by a pretty wide margin first in success rate by a pretty wide margin first in drop back epa first in drop back success rate second in rush epa third in rush success rate yeah I think the 49ers are going to be able to move the ball against the Commanders. Now, normally, maybe early in the year, I might take the points with the Commanders because their offense was still pretty good and could keep pace with some of these offenses, at least uh, to the point. Someone just tweeted at me, not going to lie, Darnold is probably better than Purdy. I'm tweeting back, worst take I've ever seen. Do we just... Do we just... Do we just completely not remember how he looked with the jets how he looked with the panthers the amount of times he got benched the times he saw he was seeing ghosts what are we talking about here people what are we talking about like why like why why do you even have that take unbelievable you like I know this guy. Like, I like this guy. This guy's a smart guy. How in the world could he possibly think Sam Darnold is probably better than Brock Purdy? What are we talking about? Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers minus 13. I just, the commanders have nothing. And the 49ers have beat up on bad teams all year. Uh, their average scoring margin is probably, what, second in the NFL right now? Average first still, even though they lost yesterday, average scoring margin of plus 11.8. I will take uh, take the 49ers to beat up on the commanders. All right, going to take a quick break. I'll be back. We're halfway through the picks. I'll be back with my uh, the second half of my picks and then my best bets and teasers and all that stuff to close out the show. Um, yeah, be right back. Got to cool off after reading that take about Sam Darnold. Unbelievable. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, let's keep things rolling here. Uh, Staying in the NFC East, Giants hosting the Los Angeles Rams. I will take the Rams minus 6.5, minus 110. This line has moved slightly against me. You can... It's still the same number, minus 6.5. There are minus 6.5, minus 105s there out there now, though. Uh, but I got a minus 110. Um, I've been trying to sell high on the Rams, but I think they might actually just be a good football team. Now, when they have Kyron Williams as the running back, they are a completely different team. Matt Stafford looks as good as he's ever looked. Uh, this receiving core can just completely eat up secondaries. Uh, their defense has been playing a lot better. Um and I'm trying not to get fooled by the New York Giants, who I still think might be the worst team in the NFL, bottom three team in the NFL. I know they're covered against the Eagles, uh, but they're still 31st in the NFL in both EPA per play and offensive success rate. Uh, dead last in the league in net yards per play. Um, so I'm trying not to overthink this one. I think the Rams should be a touchdown favorite. We're getting a half a point below a touchdown. Uh, so I think there's a tiny, tiny bit of value on the Rams. Not going to be one of my best bets this week. Um, but let's not forget, I mean, the Rams, their only loss over the past handful of weeks was an overtime loss to the Baltimore Ravens, a team who now I think after Monday night, we can say is the best team in the NFL. Uh, so that's scary. This Rams team almost beat the Ravens and the Ravens go and absolutely trounce, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Now I would say if the 49ers and Ravens play again, I think it'd be a different outcome or at least not as big of a blowout. Uh, but I think right now you have to objectively say the Ravens are the best team in the NFL and the Rams took them to overtime. This Rams team could be actually a sneaky Super Bowl contender uh, out of the NFC. So uh, I will lay the six and a half points with the Rams uh, against the Giants. I think the Giants stink. Uh, Patriots and Bills. Uh, I believe I actually got a little, uh, did I get a little CLV on this one? I'm taking the Patriots with the points. Uh, no, still it's 12 and a half is still available out there. It looks like at bet MGM. There are some other places where it's, uh, at 11 and a half. So depending on what side you want to be on in this game, you got to shop around. I think FanDuel has 11 and a half bet MGM in terms of regulated New York books has 12 and a half. Um, this pains me to say, um, but I don't think the Patriots are nearly as bad as the record says. Uh, it is a big reason why I bet on them to upset the Denver Broncos on Sunday night. Um, and it's the big reason why I think this spread is out of hand. I know the Bills have looked good for the most part, although I almost lost a, a game to the Chargers this past weekend, uh, which would have been ugly. Um, but yeah, I think this Patriots team is, is actually not as bad as the record. They're 17th in the NFL in net yards per play, 11th in the NFL in net yards per play over their last 11 games. Bad teams aren't elite anywhere. Uh, bad teams are going to be bad everywhere, but the Patriots are not that because the Patriots have by far objectively the best run defense uh, in the NFL. Uh, I think in my notes here, I say that they lead in opponent rush EPA. I think the Falcons have overtaken them. I think they're now second in that stat, uh, but they still lead the NFL in opponent yards per carry. They lead the uh, NFL in uh opponent rush success rate and now they are second in the nfl and opponent rush epa so they are the best run defense in the nfl um and i don't think any team that is that good defensively not only are they the best uh, run defense in the nfl uh 
Um, eighth and third down defense, seventh and red zone defense. So you have a very, very, very good defense, a defense that's elite in some areas. Any team, I don't care how bad their offense is, any team with uh, you know a top-tier defense like the Patriots should not be this big of an underdog. Um, and even, you know, don't forget, uh, and I don't love looking at one-game sample sizes, um, but the Patriots beat the Bills earlier this season. And not only did they beat them, um, they deserved to win. They outplayed them. This was not a, just a fluke, lucky win for the Patriots. Uh, they outgained them 6.6 yards per play to 5.1 yards per play. So they gained 1.5 more yards per play in that game compared to the Bills and then ended up beating them. I have no interest in laying this many points on the Bills. I set this line. I like, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I, I would set it at eight and a half, but I mean, that's a four point difference between what I think the line should be and what it is, which means there's probably something wrong with my evaluating process. If, if I think this line's at eight and a half, but at the end of the day, that's what I would set it at. I think there is an unbelievable amount of value on this game. This might be my best bet of the entire week. Uh, I will take the Patriots plus 12 and a half uh, against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, moving on, uh, money line upset pick of the week. Um, I actually don't love any underdogs to win outright this week. So I had to pick one. I'll go with the Titans. Don't really know this status of CJ Stroud. I think he's probably going to be back in the lineup for the Texans this week. Uh, but even if he is back in the lineup, how good is he going to be coming off an extended, uh, concussion protocol? Is he going to be all there? I don't really know. The Titans, I mean, if there's one team that's uh, eliminated that you know is still going to play hard, it's going to be the Titans. They almost beat the Texans a couple weeks ago, almost beat the Seahawks this past week. Um, and there is one key difference that I think is going to make this game close, uh, and it is the Titans' red zone defense. Third best red zone defense in the NFL. They allow teams to score on just 38.18% of red zone trips against them. If they can force the Texans to kick field goals instead of score touchdowns, they're going to be in this game all the way till the end. I got to pick an upset game this week. Uh, it is not a game I have a ton of in-depth thoughts on, so I will just take a shot uh, in an AFC South rivalry matchup here and take the Titans plus 164 in Houston. Uh, Dolphins, Ravens, you're going to get a better line on this than what I got if you want to pick the same side as me. Uh, I've been betting on the Ravens a ton this season. I'm actually going against them this week, though. I think this spread should be less than a field goal. It is now three and a half. I got it on Monday night at three. So you can even get that hook, which is a super important. Um, but I bet it on Monday. I will take just the plus three on the Dolphins. Um, I think it's, it's time to sell high on this Ravens team. I think you got to take the points with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins can be just as good as the Ravens. Dolphins lead the NFL in net yards per play at plus 1.8. Um, actually that was before the Ravens played. So let me actually see if I can quickly update my net yards per play numbers here, uh, to verify that. Uh, but as I do that, I'll talk to you about just, uh, the main reason why I like the dolphins in this game. And it's because of just how elite their defense has become. Not enough people are talking about it. Everyone's talking about the Ravens, the Browns, um, teams like that in terms of how good their defense is. Uh, the dolphins were an average at best, average to below average defense at the start of the year. Uh, but they got healthy, and now they are all of a sudden an elite defense. Um, and I don't mean that lightly, uh, objectively. Uh, if you take a look at, uh, now let me get back to my notes here, um, EPA and success rate, they lead the league in both of those stats since week 10. So since week 10, the Dolphins, you have a case to make that they are the best defense in the NFL since week 10. First in the NFL 
in, a, uh, in opponent EPA per play. First in the NFL in opponent success rate. Uh, also second in opponent rush EPA and opponent rush success rate during that time. So they've done a very good job of stopping the run, which is obviously going to be huge when playing against the Ravens. Uh, and I just up updated my net yards per play metrics. And yes, the Ravens still lead the NFL in net yards per play at plus 1.8. They lead the NFL in net yards per play on the road at plus 1.4. Uh, the Ravens enter this week third in net yards per play, plus 1.3. So I think there's a lot of metrics to show that the Dolphins had, are good enough to hang with the Ravens in this game, if not beat them. I think this spread should be 2.5 in favor of the Ravens. The fact that we're getting it at, well, when I bet at the key number 3, now if you're going to bet it over the key number 3, I think the value has to lie there uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Their defense has become elite. Their offense is still very good, although at some points Mike McDaniel tries to do a little bit too much with his play calling. I'd like to see him keep things simple at times um, instead of trying, you know, for big home run plays and all that kind of stuff. But he's going to come into his own as as his play caller, as a play caller, still figuring things out. So I'll take the Dolphins here in this spot. Plus three, you can now get it at three and a half on the road in Baltimore against the Ravens. Uh, Steelers Seahawks guess what we got another total bet baby I'm gonna go over 40 and a half between the Steelers and the Seahawks uh, I bet the over in the Steelers game this past week against the Bengals it was the easiest bet I've hit all season it hit like five minutes into the third quarter uh, I'm gonna take uh, the over in another game involving the Steelers uh, the total is now it's moved up a point from where I bet it. I bet it at 40 and a half. It's not 41 and a half. Still like it at that number. Uh, but this game is actually a very similar game than what the Steelers played in last week. Actually, when you look at the Seahawks and the Bengals, they're actually very similar in a lot of metrics. Pretty solid offense, offense, pretty terrible defense. In fact, the Seahawks defense has become one of the worst in the league. Uh, they are now 20th in opponent yards per play, 28th in opponent EPA, and 30th in opponent success rate. So the Seahawks... Um, not enough people are talking about how bad uh, their defense is. Um, I don't know what to think. It's kind of hard to evaluate the Steelers um, with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. He looked very good, uh, but also he played against the Bengals, which whose secondary is terrible. But now he gets to play against the Seahawks, whose secondary is terrible. So I'm just going to take another over bet. Um, I think it's another two. It's too low of a total for a game involving this bad of a defense in the Seahawks. Uh, Steelers defense is good, but not great. Uh, the Seahawks offense should be able to score enough points against them. I hope the Steelers pull off an upset. That would uh, help my Falcons out in terms of making the playoffs. But in terms of my best bet for the game, I'll take the over 40 and a half. Uh, Bengals Chiefs, another one the line has moved against me. I actually like the Chiefs in this matchup. I've been fading the Chiefs a lot this year. The Chiefs uh, have looked terrible at times. Uh, but I think this is a buy low spot because I think uh, this matchup uh, works in their favor from a stylistic standpoint. I got it at minus seven and a half. It is down to minus seven. So I would highly recommend betting it at minus seven instead of minus seven and a half. Uh, but this is a good stylist to match up here for a bounce back spot for Kansas City. Let's start with the Bengals defense. I just talked about them is why I bet the over in their game against the Steelers this past week. They suck. Uh, they are 29th in opponent EPA per play, 31st in opponent success rate, and dead last in opponent yards per play. The Bengals defense allows 6.1 yards per snap the worst mark in the entire national football league uh more importantly they're 28th in opponent drop back epa and 31st in opponent drop back success rate so their secondary is terrible i predicted that would be the case heading into the season 
because they lost Vaughn Bell uh, to the Panthers and they lost uh, my boy Jesse Bates, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, to my Falcons. Their defense was already average at best last year. You lose two elite safeties, and now, shocker, they suck. Uh, if, they made, if they let Mason Rudolph look like that against them last week, just imagine what Patrick Mahomes is going to look like against them this week. And then if you look at the Bengals' offense, uh, they can't run the ball effectively. Um, all their offense comes through the air, even though if Jake Browning looks pretty solid, still... Uh, you can't run the ball, and that's how you that's how you move the ball against the Chiefs' defense is you got to be able to run the ball. Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a single pass in the second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter, uh, and the Raiders still beat the Chiefs. But my point is, it's actually very difficult to throw the ball against the Chiefs. You have to be able to run the ball, and the Bengals cannot run the football. Their th- uh, average is 3.9 yards per carry. That's 25th in the NFL. So stylistically... Uh, the advantage uh, is in the Chiefs' favor uh, by a pretty wide margin, in my opinion. So I think it's time to buy low a little bit on the Chiefs here. I think they bounce back in a big way. I will take the minus 7.5 at home to the Bengals. Chargers-Broncos. Um, I have no interest in laying 5.5 points on the Broncos. Uh, I will take... Five and a half points with Easton Stick. But I will say Easton Stick uh, has looked much better than people expected. He has a quarterback rating of 94.4 so far this season. Not terrible, uh, to be completely honest. And the Chargers, surprise, surprise, the first game without Brandon Staley, they actually looked half decent. Uh, they took the Bills down to the wire. Now, that's a one-game sample size. Who knows if that's going to continue into Week 17. Um, but I have no interest in laying five and a half points on the Broncos. I think the Broncos are a terrible team. 31st in the NFL in net yards per play at minus 0.9. And even if the Broncos do find a way to win, they don't play a style of play that leads to blowouts. They try to play good defense. They fail at that. And then they just run the ball on offense and try to take care of the football. That is not a style of play uh, that I want to, you know, lay five and a half points. And now if they were like a two-point favorite and all they had to do is win by field goal, sure. But you got to win by six points. Uh, not a style of play I want to lay points on. I will take the Chargers plus five and a half in Denver. Uh, which brings us to Sunday Night Football. It is the final game of the week uh, with no uh, Monday Night Football this week. Uh, that's done for the season. It is the Packers against the Vikings. Need the Packers to win the game for my Falcons to have uh, any hope of making the playoffs, but I will take the Vikings in terms of betting. Minus one and a half, uh, minus 110. Packers have played atrocious football lately. They were lucky to beat the Carolina Panthers. They are dead last in the NFL in net yards per play over their last three games at minus 1.4 um and that should be concerning for a team that's trying to make a playoff push here uh their defense has been a big cause of the issue their defense has been terrible they're 29th in opponent epa per play and 28th in opponent success rates since week 12 so since thanksgiving this has been a bottom five defense uh whereas the vikings defense i've talked about them before brian flores should win the coordinator of the year uh their defense has turned into like a top 10 defense in the second half of the season um and last week, I talked about when I was talking about the Lions, uh, even though they lost to the Lions, uh, the Vikings offense looked fantastic outside of the interceptions, but they averaged 7.6 yards per play in that game. Interceptions killed them, um, but I like their defense a lot. Their offense, especially against this Packers defense, should have no issue uh, moving the ball down the field. This is one of my best bets of the week. I set the Vikings as a field goal favorite. They're only one and a half point favorites. Love Minnesota at home here in this one. I will take the Vikings minus one and a half. Minus 110. 
Those are my picks for NFL Week 17. I will quickly recap them as always. I will then give you my five best bets and my teaser of the week, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. Thursday Night Football, Jets-Browns under 36.5, minus 110. Saturday Night Football, Lions-Cowboys over 52.5, minus 110. Raiders-Colts under 43.5, minus 105. Falcons plus 3, minus 110 against the Bears. Panthers plus 7, minus 115 against the Jaguars. Saints plus 3, minus 110 against the Buccaneers. Over 47.5, minus 110 between the Cardinals and the Eagles. Uh, 49ers minus 13.5, minus 110 against the Commanders. Rams minus 6.5, minus 110 against the Giants. Patriots plus 12.5, minus 110 against the Bills. Titans money line upset pick of the week plus 164 against the Texans. Dolphins plus three minus 110 against the Ravens. Steelers Seahawks over 40 and a half minus 110. Chiefs minus seven and a half minus 110. Chargers plus five and a half minus 110. Vikings minus one and a half minus 110. Uh, my five best bets of the week. Um, Dolphins plus three, three and a half against the Ravens. Let's just say Dolphins to cover plus three. Sure, that's the number I got of that. 49ers minus 13 and a half against the Commanders. Panthers plus seven versus Jaguars. Patriots plus 12 and a half versus Bills. And Vikings minus one and a half versus Packers. So best bets, all five teams to cover. Dolphins, 49ers, Panthers, Patriots, and Vikings. Teaser of the week, we're going to take the Rams down from... Uh, Six to point five, so basically a pick 'em against the Giants, and then we're going to take the Chiefs down from seven and a half, uh, or I guess seven, the current number, down to minus one versus Bengals. So we got Rams minus point five versus Giants, and Chiefs minus one versus Bengals as our six point teaser of the week. Uh, and there you have it. Uh, be sure to rate and review the podcast if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Bacon Best Podcast YouTube channel. We're going to keep doing podcasts uh, in the new year, even when football's done. And when we do get to playoffs, I'll give out, uh, I'll do the same thing I did last year and have my best bet for each playoff game and my best player prop for each uh, playoff game. Uh, and then I'm thinking about doing a daily show. Um, once football season's over at six o'clock and do a little live show right before the start of um, 7 p.m., the start of like college basketball and NHL and NBA games. Uh, and then, of course, I'll be talking golf. Very excited for the new golf year. So subscribe to the Bacon Bets podcast YouTube page. Rate and review this podcast. All that stuff helps uh, helps us out. I uh, hope you had a good holiday. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy birthday to me tomorrow. Um, wish me a happy birthday uh, on Twitter. And if you don't, you're a jerk. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. The road to 272 bets marches on.